podcast my name is abigail kelly and i'm with cat again oh say hi cat hello sorry okay. i'm not more interesting than that no no that's okay uh cat uh it's been a while since you've been here um in this in this my my fair kingdom you last were on the orc episode yes which was approximately a million years ago <laughs> yes it was uh, honestly, I think the best episode. I'm pretty it was sure everyone. Pretty agrees. good episode. It was pretty good. It was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Amalia Dillon. Philly Fed. All of them. All the orcs. My grandma having to listen to that podcast and what we talked about in that particular. Did she? Podcast. That's she phenomenal. did. Yeah. I mean, at least she didn't hear the the outtakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> forgot about the outtakes yeah some some things were said and pretty much the only reason they were outtakes was because there were technical difficulties right at the end so like yes it's not it was... i i don't cut things that are inappropriate it was just the, it was just no, like no. it was unlistenable it was a it was a bus outside my house yeah. very loud <laughs> a bus who disagreed with what we were doing yeah, yeah. they're very judgy they're extremely judgy <laughs> uh so cat we're doing something special today. We're doing a two-parter. And it's the <gasps> first two-parter that is not uh, a history of romance novels, uh, the podcast within a podcast, series within a series, history of romance novels. It is something totally different. Are you oh. excited? Are you pumped? Are you absolutely ready to rip ass? Ooh, no, honey. You get some nice loop for that. No reason to rip. Don't be nasty. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who said it. <laughs> okay. dokie. <laughs> So, today, we're going back. We're going way back to the, to the dawn of time. Or at least humans' conception of, of the dawn of time. Which is, you know, self-centeredly whenever we started talking to each other, pretty much. And I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, when did man capital M or woman <laughs> capital W or non-gendered non-binary folk uh, when did they start looking at the world around them and seeing uh, the supernatural I'm not talking like gods in the overarching sense of like they control the fate of the world and stuff. I'm talking just like uh, mischievous spirits when did we start that and the answer is probably pretty quick pretty fast as soon as we like started you know transferring information between each other uh so that we could pass on knowledge to the next generation through stories and through like uh recited poetry around the fireside so that we all could like figure out how to make clay to make pots to ferment uh barley that we gathered on 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 the banks of some nasty muddy 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 junk. I don't know, uh, and and turn that into some some fermented mush that we got fucked up on. Um, uh, you know, we started doing flint mapping with the with the rocks. You know, we needed stories, and when we needed stories, we probably also then were like, hey, you know that bush over there? I saw a little guy run in there, and that's why it's got berries sometimes because he puts them there. I think the fermented barley helped that. 
Yeah, probably, and also all the mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. and, all the, and all the weird shit we had to eat to figure out that it was poisonous. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, which, uh, a good good book for that is uh, Who Ate the First Oyster? Um, very, very oh, fun. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. I did get that from the bookshop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think um, I have a copy, too. Somewhere. Yeah. Or did I get that? Did I did I did I con uh one of the publishers out of that? I can't remember. Oh, maybe at one of the shows. Probably. Yeah. Probably. yeah. Um, it's my sweet little face. I'm good at getting free books. You do have a little cherub face. Little cherub. But that brings us to our topic for today. Uh the these two parters are going to be called Fay Fiction One <laughs> and Two. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. Wow. So original. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Melody. Because uh, we're talking about the Fae today, which is a huge topic, really. Um, huge. In, in doing research for this, I've been doing research for this for about uh, a week now, but brief spoiler for later in the episode. Um, I've spent the last five years of my life writing a series of novels about Fae. And this is true. And and uh, doing research for that, so I'm, I'm, I'm simultaneously like I, this is this is my jam. This is my subject. I'm like the most qualified for this, aside from being like a certified folklorist. Um, I also am just like I know so much about it, but so much of it is just like nonsense and just what I've decided to like throw in and discard at will. Um, that I'm really bad at for the subject. <laughs> like I'm too close to it. Um, I love but, that you picked me, though. I feel very special now. Well, I picked you because, well, A, you hadn't been on in a while. And B, <laughs> B, you also read a lot of this. That's um, true. And, and, what, and I think most people, most people read a lot of this, particularly in the romance subgenre, and don't kind of realize that they are. This is one of those genres that's so big, but so specific. It's yeah. easy to miss. Um. And I know that you and I, Kat, through our many, many conversations when I did not want to do work at the bookshop uh, and decided to talk your ear off instead, because I also did not want to give you time to give me work to do. Uh, <laughs> yes, but I listen, I knew you were doing that, by the way, when you were yeah. doing it. No, we we're both fully participating, but there was a con. <laughs> Uh, I I know that you and I both had a fey phase, like really strong in about Hardcore. the mid-aughts. Dude, I, I actually, I found out the, the date range. Yeah. Because I was curious. So I started looking up some books and I was like, yeah. oh, that was really heavy yes. time in my life. Seems right. Seems right. I also looked up like Google Trends and I was like, huh, that really coincides with uh, my whole thing. Uh, well, okay. Yeah. Well, but to start today for my intro, we're going to skip a little bit ahead, which is actually quite a bit ahead, really. I mean, in, in geologically speaking, it's it's like a blink. But you know, human history speaking, it's a lot, which is to say, most of human history, because we're skipping from the dawn of humanity to nineteen seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm good at this. <laughs> I wasn't expecting nineteen seventeen, honestly, but Wait, I see oh, where you're going. Do you? I actually maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. I'm very excited to find out. We're, we're going to talk about War Horse. <laughs> no. um, okay, so what we are going to talk about today 
Uh, to start is okay. I want I have a. <laughs> I have a thesis. I have an idea. I have a hypothesis. <laughs> I. <laughs> You're gonna have to like take out most of my laughing. No way in hell. Uh, so, I submit to you that from the dawn of humanity to 1917, <laughs> with mm-hmm. two girls playing in a river when they're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. That has a straight line that connects to a. David Bowie's crotch, B, the Winx Club reboot, and C, Abigail at 13 going hog wild in a Barnes and Noble in the middle of Oakley, California. <laughs> yep. All right. And that's when, that's, that's, that's a lot of Holly Black and Melissa Marr right there. That's a lot of Holly Black and Melissa Marr. That's, that's like half Melissa. See? Same. So, to start here, though, two girls in England in 1917, they are playing by some sort of creek, some sort of um, mud puddle, and they're not supposed to. They're about 11 and like eight years old. They're two cousins. And they get all dirty, you know, as kids do. And they come back home and their mom is like... Yo, dog, what the hell? I just washed those petticoats. Uh, for, for beta, <laughs> Direct of quote. Direct quote. Yes. Uh, and, and, and they're like, oh. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry. But, like, I, I, there was, this was, there's no getting around this. I, I couldn't do my chores, couldn't do my, like, lessons or whatever. Because I was just out meeting with the fairies when the fairies called. And the mom's like, yeah. And they're like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so their uncle says, okay, that's fine. Here's my camera, which must have weighed a hundred pounds or something. I don't know. It was 1917. They didn't have like one of those little point and click cameras that I had when I was 13. Uh, or, you know, a phone. Uh, <laughs> or a little, you know. Like, Are you implying like, that you've tried to take pictures of fairy before? The I the very idea that you think I didn't do that exact thing <laughs> really Fair. cuts me to the quick. Fair. Like I can't believe you would say something like that. <laughs> anyway, moving moving on. Uh so their uncle gives them this camera says, "All right, go go take some 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 photographs of these fairies. They're the reason you're all muddy and messy." And what Results from this is a series of photographs of these young women, these little girls, cavorting with fairies. Um, and you've probably heard some sort of variation on this story. Um, there was, there's been several movies made. I remember seeing a movie about this when I was like probably seven or eight. Uh, and, and, you know, it's kind of... It, over time, public opinion has shifted one way or the other, depending on how you view the girls and their parents and, like, what resulted. But essentially what happened was these pictures blew up. Um, all of a sudden, they were catapulted to fame. And this is, I think, important uh, to me personally for many reasons. But I am obsessed with the spiritualist movement of the late 1700s to the very early 1900s. Um, and I think this this really kind of coincides with the waning dip, right, in belief in spiritualism. 
uh, which is not what we think of spiritualism today. It's like the belief in like ghosts and spirits and stuff. Um, people use these photos coming out of World War One, the utter devastation of World War One, and the year following the end of World War One in seventeen, not seventeen hundreds, nineteen seventeen, nineteen eighteen is when these pictures really blew up. And people had been used to seeing spirit photography, which is just the overlaying of negatives to make it look like there's a ghostly figure. People knew that, and they kind of knew that those things were generally a hoax, but. Fairies were new, you know, people hadn't, you know, seen pictures of fairies before. That was cool. And there were still people who really passionately believed that the supernatural existed in our world constantly and that we were always interacting with the supernatural. And they looked at these photos that these girls produced and were like, first of all, kids wouldn't lie. <laughs> yeah. Wow. They never <laughs> spent time with children then. <laughs> nope. Um Kids wouldn't lie. And also, like, these look real. They're clearly not the same technique is what is important here. The technique used to spirit photography has a very distinct look to it. It, it just looks like a ghostly figure. You can, you can tell that it's just, like, a negative overlapping a negative. These photos were very much, like, you could tell that the fairies were in the scene, you know? And, and people <laughs> bought it. And people who were famous and important and and very smart bought it. And they used these photos as, like, proof that, like, this is it, you know? One very prominent person who came out and wrote articles about this and used the photos as proof of the supernatural was Arthur Conan Doyle. Yeah. Yeah. In 1920, yeah. he wrote a series of articles about the existence of the spiritual world overlapping ours uh, and used the photos as proof. Um, it is not until, like, the 1980s that these young girls, now quite old women, uh, come out and say that, Ugh. yeah, so they were fake. Yeah, so they, they were fake, though. How they faked them? They did. So they were paper cutouts That's that they awesome. propped up using hairpins. You love these girls. Here's the interesting thing, though. They claimed... That they were uh, all fake, except for one. Strap it. Of course. So they, one of them on her deathbed claimed that one of the pictures was 100% legit, that they did in fact see fairies. They staged the photos as sort of like, you know, proof of what they they see, but they couldn't get photos of, right? Um, which is like, okay. Public opinion over time has kind of sided with them just being two girls who just got in really deep and were like, well, if we come out and say that we ho this was a hoax, we're going to make a lot of very important, very smart people look really dumb. And we do not want to be the people who do that. Yeah. Um, and their uncle yeah. was also like really, really pushing it. Yeah. Like there, there's no way these would have become famous without the facilitation of the adults in the room. Yeah. So these were children who made these photographs almost certainly with the help of their family. And then their mother took them to the Theosophical Society of England and said, look at these. And there you go. Um, the, none of this could have happened without adults. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, the yeah. kids are not to blame. Um, that being said, it kindled this, this like huge surge in, in, belief, but also in just fascination with fairies. And fairies as a group have been in folklore all over the world 
for forever. Like I was saying with the, you know, Tuk Tuk over there, you know, on the, on, you know, breaking rocks. Right. Like they've, they've just, they've been there forever. And fairies, the fae are a really amorphous group. We're going to get to that. But first. (laughs) We're going to talk about David Bowie a little bit. I knew this was going to come up. I literally How could I was it not? talking about it. I was talking about it with Brendan. He was like, oh, what, you didn't write this down. And I was like, I didn't want to. Thank you. <laughs> I'm assuming you mean the labyrinth. I do. Yes. Uh, I I had completely missed this movie. Um, I knew it existed, but like I didn't yeah. watch it in my formative years. I think if I had, I probably would have liked it a lot. Um, as an adult, exactly. it's very up- unsettling to watch David <laughs> Bowie so... like try and seduce this like fifteen year old girl. It's like it's so uncomfortable. I had a friend. I watched it when I was like, I don't know, early twenties. They're like, "Oh my god, you haven't seen Labyrinth? You're gonna love it." And I'm just sitting there like, I, "This is." I feel like someone needs to go save this child. <laughs> and they love Bowie. I really, really love Bowie. Let me put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's 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 just one of those things that, like, looking back through the lens of, of now, right? And, yeah. like, the boundaries, you know, we talk about a lot more now. It's, like, it's very... <laughs> the weird sexually charged moments with David Bowie and, like, a 15-year-old girl are deeply upsetting. Uh, but, but he is... He is a perfect embodiment of what we would call fae today, right? Like the fae being this really capricious, very changeable, supernatural entity. It's neither God, neither angel. It is simply a being usually that exists of the earth in some way, right? Um, Who has power over the world around them. Not infinite power, but power. And they live for a very long time and... They can just do whatever they want, and they do. Um, there's a lot of, like, differing rules, depending on which, like, pantheon you're you're kind of vibing with. Um, I love the the rule a lot of times in, like, kind of Irish and, and like, Celtic folklore yeah. uh, that says that fairies can't tell a lie, <laughs> so they get really awesome. crafty. Um, yeah. But but beyond that, so we so we started we started at the river. We moved. Up to uh, up to England with with the two girls, and then we <laughs> we went to David Bowie, and now we're ending at the Winx Club, and this is where Abigail comes into the story, which I know you were all dying to hear about, specifically you, Kat. I know that you were dying Absolutely. to hear about how Abigail. How is this relevant to Abigail, Tell my friend, me. my lover, my my the the person I aspire to be like and wish to to cradle in your arms every day, honey? Do you want to tell me something? Not really. I want to <laughs> tell you about fairies. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can we sing the theme song? Can you like cut it into the podcast? I don't know if that's fair use. <laughs> oh yeah, you probably can't. If I sing it horribly, would it count? I I am willing to take the risk. <laughs> It's, it's literally, I will, uh, just to just to totally pause your podcast, sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, my my sister and I both watched the original Winx when we were much too old for it. But that theme song was so damn catchy to me. It was and such a bop! We have literally, now that the show has come back, we start singing it all the time in our separate homes to our partners, and mm-hmm. they are doing the same. 
So like literally I, I will walk in, I'll hear Brendan be like, we are the Winks, we are the Winks, come join the club, we are the Winks. <laughs> it makes me so happy, so happy. That's beautiful. That was a beautiful rendition. I, I fun fact about that theme song, um, when I was, when I, when I was, I think, God, I want to preface this by saying I got really, really into Winx Club just as my parents were getting a divorce. So like Love that it. might have like played a little bit of a role in why I got so super into <laughs> Winx Club, which pause here to say that Winx Club is an Italian TV show. It's an animated TV show yes. that was recently rebooted by Netflix, but it was brought over uh, to like, God, I guess it was, it wasn't Cartoon Network. It was like ABC Family or something like that. It yeah, was like, it was something weird. Um, yeah. And uh, it, it was... Or one of those weird, like, Disney offshoot channels that, like, anyway. Um, And they're, like, everyone is, like, seven feet tall. They all wear crop tops. And it's it's about magical fairy girls who go to a magical fairy school. Uh, And and I loved this show so much that I went to my grandparents' house, my my dad's parents, and I went on their their PC. And I went to winxclub.com. And I played them the theme song. Because I was like, you all need to hear this amazing song. And I'll never forget my grandpa just kind of standing behind me with his hands on his hips going, uh-huh. <laughs> That's phenomenal. I must have spent, I can't, I like, I, the Winx Club forums were the first place where I got into some, like, internet shenanigans. Oh, that's fun. And I used to, I, okay. Now, I never bullied anyone. But I did lie a lot. <laughs> That's what you do on the internet, though, isn't it? Especially when you're, like, 9 or 10 yeah. and you're, like, utterly unsupervised by your parents. Because, again, divorce. Uh, so, like, God, I was just I on was, the computer all the time. Yeah. I was always 18 and my name would be, like, like Rowan or, like, Amber or something. I don't know my name was. Tell me. My name was Gemini. Oh, Oh, that's phenomenal. But I didn't know how to spell Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> so it was something closer to like Jimmy. Oh my god. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> it's very, it's very good. Okay. So Netflix has recently rebooted this oh, classic. This well, yes. utterly unwatchable cartoon now, these days. Oh. Though you know what? There are some things, like those three evil chicks, mm-hmm. their outfits. Like, I have literally yeah. recently gone back to look at all of their outfits, and they are phenomenal. Why are the men wearing one-piece bodysuits? I don't know. I don't know, but I <laughs> like, love Like, the it women, so like, never cover any, like, any scrap of skin, pretty much, except their pertinent bits. And then, like, the dudes only show their faces. It's really yeah. weird. It's very they wear weird. capes on top of it, which is dope. I'll, I'll give yeah. them that. But like capes, jumpsuits, and like little bulges. Like they look like they're like half spacemen, half knights, yeah. kind of. Yeah. The animation is also trash. Like you can tell in the back that like nothing is ever moving. Like they you'll show like people <laughs> on the street and they're just like little cutouts of people. Like it's yeah. it's bad. Uh, I watched it recently. I made uh, V and and our friend Faith. Um, Awesome. Watch an episode and well, Faith hated it. V had seen it before, so she was we were vibing, but uh yeah, it was it was bad. But that is that is to say that the Faye in Winx Club, the original and the reboot, the Faye in 
the labyrinth, i.e. David Bowie, and all the assembled creatures. Uh, and the fae that were seen dancing in the garden in the photographs, uh, they're like cotting, cottingly photographs, whatever. Uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And yeah. and the and the little green man who puts the berries in the bush for Tuk Tuk, they are all the same creatures. And I I think that I I I had this like moment where I was like, hey, can ever can everything be Fay? Is everything Fay? What is Fay? Oh like God. I went down this rabbit hole and then I couldn't find my way out because I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, if that's Fay too, and then that's also Fay, and then and then all of a sudden yeah. my like mental wall started caving in because I realized that then everything was Fay, and I don't know what if everything is Fay, then nothing is Fay, and then what does anything mean? And because then vampires could be Fay, they're like supernatural creatures. It's werewolves could be Fay. Yes. Leprechauns yes. are fae. All of it's fae. I had the same thought when I knew this episode was coming. I had the same fucking thought mm-hmm. of there is... I didn't know what to narrow down like my references for. Because yeah. it could be so many. Also, mind you, Brendan is super jealous that I got this episode. <laughs> he just got steampunk. That was a very good episode. Yeah, it was very good. It was great. You should all listen to it if you haven't. If you have not, you're delinquent. You should. You should. Yeah. We talk about me at 15, which is arguably more embarrassing than me at nine getting into trouble on the Winx Club forum boards. Well, it's probably about the same. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> at least the there's no photographic evidence of, of the Winx Club stuff, though. There's photographic evidence of, of me at 15. So check my Twitter, Kingdom Thirst. Oh, and it's it's beautiful. It's very good. It's very good. So the the reboot of Winx Club, which is called some bullshit like Winx Saga, I don't know, Dark Fate or whatever the hell. I'm upset um, about it. I don't care about it. I don't really I'm not like a purist when it comes to like reboots and, and like adaptations of books to movies and stuff like that. Like things change, whatever. Um, it does just look atrocious. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, I don't understand why they didn't just do a new thing. Because it looks like they took nothing, really, from the original. Yeah, it, it was very weird. I saw the trailer and I'm like, oh, this is like some like shitty teen angsty reboot. They tried to do like this, the new, or I guess not new now, it went on for a few seasons and was recently finished. But the the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, um, which was a, you could argue, another gritty reboot of like a pretty saccharine teen yeah. IP. Um, but that was actually well done because it was based on a comic comics, a, yeah. a comic book that was really well thought out and developed of where like, you know, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, except she's actually a satanic witch uh, awesome. and everything is extremely dark and it's very good as opposed to this, which was just like, I don't know, make the teens say fuck sometimes. Like it was yeah. just really. Um, also, I mean, they, their they, outfits don't transform. Not that I've watched it, but if they don't transform in the way the cartoon does, and listeners, I want it. Watch it. You need to watch them transform from their normal bodies. It's very bodies. magical, girl. Like they got like their own beats, and they like do magic. A pose. It is amazing. There's like a there's a uh, one of the <laughs> one of the fairy are um, they're all about technology, so mm-hmm. she uses digital powers. And has digital flying wings. I'm just saying, you need to check it out. It's and she's worth got it. that like weird helmet thing. <laughs> yes. 
It's like this like a cone on her head. It's very good. We love it. And they're all like seven feet tall. They all have these enormous long legs. Like they're like fashion illustrations. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, and they all they all wear crop tops constantly. And the the blonde one, who is of course all about like sunshine power, has like the tiniest little Daisy Duke short shorts. Yes. And she's a she is actually a princess. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, she is actually a princess, I guess, in oh, this other geez. world. And I mean, so is so is the main character, but that's a secret. We don't know that yet. No, no, we don't know Spoilers. That. Um, okay. <laughs> Everyone who's watching this show is going to be furious. <laughs> oh, God, I can't believe you spoiled Winx Club for me. It's only been <laughs> off the air for 15 years. <laughs> okay, so there is somebody out there, I'm sure, who's like, hey, Abigail. Shut the fuck up. What's a fae? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry it took 30 minutes to get here. But this is why we split this into two. Because I was like, there's no way. There's no way. Um, So I will give you a couple of definitions and a couple of little brief histories here. that Just just so you got it in your head. Because I was like, there's too many things I could define what a fae is. I'm just going to do this. Okay. So the first one comes from Five Minute History, which I thought was pretty succinct. Obviously, given the title. (laughs) And so it's uh, the word fairy derives from the Latin fata, meaning fate, and Old French fairy, meaning enchantment. Uh, From timeless myths, uh, there are household or guardian spirits that can be found in Roman religion and mythology, such as Penate, Slares, and Jenny. Genie? The Norse versions of fairies are the wide variety of elves and daisier that exist in Teutonic traditions. The Valkyries could also be classified as fairies. Uh, That's the end of that quote. But um, found in Celtic, Roman, Slavic, Scandinavian traditions and much, much wider, we have changelings. Women stolen. uh... Hey, Abigail, what the hell does this mean? (laughs) Wait, what is Wait he right? I'm looking at my notes right now, and I've wrote something incomprehensible, and I'm pretty sure it's because I got a new keyboard recently, and like I keep accidentally messing up because it's like it's a fancy mechanical keyboard, like a typewriter, Ooh. and like I keep catching and things. So I wrote "woman stolen viz fairy wings." <laughs> oh, 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 oh! Women stolen via fairy rings is what uh, I meant to say. Gotcha, gotcha. For changelings. We got there. No. Okay. So no. Separate? Different. different. Women who are stolen or like led astray via fairies are not the same as changelings. Changelings are almost exclusively <laughs> babies, babies, right? Yes. yes. Babies that have been replaced by a, a fairy. Sometimes it's um, a fairy that has reached the end of its days and it wants to live its last days comfortably. So it takes the place of a baby and like boots the baby out somewhere in the woods or whatever. Um, and and then the baby withers away and dies. But actually, it's this fairy that passed away. Or it's a, a replacement as in like it's a clay doll or it's a bundle of sticks. And this was usually used as an explanation for babies that were like not doing well. That were either like wasting away or had colic or were otherwise just like inconsolable. Like they had something wrong with them that people couldn't figure out. They'd say, oh, it's changeling. And what would happen sometimes is that then they would put the baby out. Uh, they, they would expose it to the elements and they would they would leave it to die in the hopes that the fairy would come back and exchange it for their baby or that the fairy would leave. Um, there were other methods of figuring this out. Um, 
I want to highlight a book that I've read recently in preparation for this episode, which was um, Heart of the Fae by Emma Hamm, which is based on Celtic mythology. Fantastic book. Very, very good. Um, it is she talks about how someone she's this the main character is a healer and she's just like a regular you know village healer and she's a midwife um and this woman comes up to her and says hey i think my baby may be a changeling he won't stop crying like what do i do and she says it's probably not a changeling probably just uncomfortable for whatever reason but if you fear your child may be a changeling go to a river Dip your child's legs under the water, and if the legs still look like baby legs, then it's not a changeling, because fairy magic doesn't work in running water. Awesome. <laughs> so, it's like, cool stuff like that. Very cool. You should do that to Brendan. We always You should! He may be yeah. a changeling. I, we, we've talked about it. That's actually one of the first things that we talked about it when we started dating. Because hmm. That's a know, weird thing to talk about, but he's I very appreciate Irish, it. So. Mm. That that's... explains a lot. Yeah, right? It does. All right. So then we have uh, people who, like, have the sight, right? Which is, like, the ability to see the fae, which are usually obscured by, like, fae magics. Um, yeah. You know. Oh, my stuff. God. That just reminded me of another book I've read. Oh, interesting. Interesting <laughs> that you say that. <laughs> um, and we have, like, Will-o'-the-Wisps, which are, like, were featured in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, I was about to say Frozen. Not Frozen. Brave. Featured in the movie. Brave. Uh, brave. Brave is very good. The part where the little three bears jump into that lady's shirt is like the funniest thing to me to this day. Very funny. <laughs> um, but uh, they are, were considered like fairies that would appear to travelers to either guide them onto the right path or guide them to certain death. You never really knew which one they were going to do, which I appreciate because I also be never know what I'm going to do. Yeah, that's um, true. And then we have, like, all of these traditions that then developed over time throughout cultures, which were like, oh, um, since you never knew what they were going to do, you never knew if they were going to be good to you or bad to you, right? You then would do things that you thought would, like, kind of edge things in your favor. So you would leave gifts like milk and honey out in your windowsill for the pixies that lived in your in your room. Uh, so they wouldn't steal your socks, right? They would help you put them away instead. You'd leave salt out. You'd leave sugar out. Um, you'd do things like keep a horseshoe above your door because in a lot of traditions, fairies are allergic to iron. It's something I've written about. Uh <laughs> Uh, and in in those traditions having iron over your archway into your house makes it so that they cannot pass through the threshold um you know uh wearing your clothing inside out was another way to ward off fairies um using a hag stone which is a natural stone that has had a circle uh drilled through it by waves of either you know, the the ocean or like through river action. Um, and you look through it and you can see what a fairy really looks like. Uh, awesome. A lot of really cool little things like that. Um, and then we have, of course, the idea, this is particularly in Celtic mythology, but of unseelie versus seelie. And that's a kind of like bastardization of, of the traditional <laughs> Gaelic words that I cannot say, but my tongue just ain't do that. <laughs> but uh, seely versus unseely, which is typically just like one court, one faction of fairies, which are usually like the higher developed fairies, not like 
the the little pixies, but like the ones you think of when you think of fairies, like the the elf looking ones, right? The statuesque yeah. and deadly ones, ones who can grant you boons or take them away. Uh, <laughs> and a lot of times in modern kind of fiction, they've been relegated to either being like a light court or a dark court, an evil court or a good court or some mix of the two. Um, and that's very prevalent in particularly in like YA romance and in in you know adult oh, romance yeah. that that uses these names because it's very easy to then be like oh but someone's the queen of the dark court but <gasps> she falls in love with the king of the of the light court whatever shall she do oh my <laughs> golly uh, yeah, it's good. It's good stuff um i i wholly disregarded that in in my stuff because i was like i don't I don't want to deal with the politics of making that like a modern allegory for other stuff. So I'm not gonna. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, but there are also two different types of, of modern fae romances, I think. And I, I wonder if you'll agree with me on this, Kat. You may have a different idea. Um, but the one I think of is a very, one side of these is like a very kind of wholesome kind of grounded in reality uh fantasy of like like the heart of the fae which is you know this young woman who's like a healer in in this village and she's fighting against this plague of uh they're called like blood beetles and they infest people's bodies and they're slowly killing everyone and she's looking for a cure but it's very grounded in like actual mythology and it's very you know it, it doesn't have the grand scale of some it's a very grounded story so we have those fae books. And then we have the other ones. We have the sleeker, sexier, more epic books, which frankly are not really my flavor, but I know you've read a lot of. And, so many. And they keep coming out, despite the fact that, um, you know, with anything that anybody likes a lot, there is inevitably a kickback of people who are like, oh, that thing it's so overplayed how blase (laughs) you have personal experience in this matter i do yeah and that's exactly what i was thinking about when i was thinking about all my little books that i used to read all my ya books that are set up and written exactly like vampire novels Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and it's just like it's one of those things where the more I look at it, the more I'm like, okay. Okay, let me just, here's what I wrote about this. I wrote a very small little paragraph about this, and I'm just going to read it because I don't think I can get my thoughts together in a better way. Um, so I was writing about the 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 fervor over the photographs, right? And mm-hmm. then, you know, leading to, to today and the, this sheer deluge of fae fiction that we have today right and i and i said the resulting genre fiction that we see today is as divisive as it is popular readers still love it but writers critics and agents are cautioned away due to it being overplayed Mm. much like the vampire craze of the aughts is it really true sorta sorta i mean if people are still reading it right People still like it, but the establishment that produces the thing says that it's done. Does that mean it's really done? I don't know. 
Huh. That's a good point. It's also it's also interesting to compare it to the popularity of vampire fiction mm-hmm. because you kind of wonder how it died because Faye, I, I will argue that it never it never left the no. shelves. It there are definitely different trends, and the trends, especially right now, gear more towards like for after vampires, it was fairy tale retellings, and then it was and then sci fi just exploded and like mm-hmm. took over everything, and it's still kind of there. Um, but a little part of me wonders: is did the, the like making Twilight too popular and the movie became too popular to the point where it killed it in the way that it never has done with phase or, or fairy. I, I love how I, I pluralize phase and did not pluralize fairies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I can't, I, I was trying to think of, of like stuff like the Winx and I could not think of one movie other than like David Bowie. I mean, I have a couple, but like that have that. I think just generally, people are, they, I don't know how to put this, because there's plenty of fey like, visual media out there. Like, um, Carnival Row, which is a show I didn't watch, but that, that had yeah. a lot of fey in it, didn't it? I forgot um, about that. Fey sneak into everything. They're they're in everything, and they're, we'll, we'll get to this in part two, but they're even in freaking True Blood. Um, and <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um but I I think that you're right in that there hasn't been a one-to-one blockbuster, just absolute mania for fairies as there was for Twilight. I would also say, though, that with Twilight, we had a lot of direct imitators. We had people who saw the success of Twilight and pretty much wrote Twilight 2.0. We had, yeah. we had so much of that. Now, the direct copycats in the fae genre are not it's almost impossible to do it so one to one because there's so many versions of the fey you have so much to choose from that's true it's much broader it's much broader and it's also then much harder to to narrow down and it's much harder to i think to get people to get on board with it as easily as say like a vampire movie right like if you're going to put the fey in a movie you got a lot of explaining to do <laughs> a lot of splaining. It's true. hard. It's kind of hard. Um, they're not. They're not exactly. They're not simple creatures, which I think is like so on brand for what Fey are supposed to be. They're supposed to be these really capricious, very difficult creatures who can turn on you as easily as like give you a favor. Um, one really, really, really super good example of this when I was trying to think of like, uh, you know, examples, non-romantic examples, uh, was Mad Sweeney. From American Gods. He is literally thinking the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm. First of all, we love him. Mm. We love him. He's very attractive. Thank you. Yes. Mm. But also, in the episode that is kind of Sweeney's episode, where, um, of course, it's based on a very long, very good book, but Sweeney doesn't get nearly as much play in the actual book as he does in the show. Yeah. Um, And in the show, we get a full episode that kind of follows Sweeney's journey through the journey of this young woman who was like a pickpocket in, in Ireland. Um, she's this Irish young woman and she gets sent to jail because she gets caught stealing. 
but she always observed the the rules that she knew, which were to always try to appease the fae. So she always left a little bit of her food out for the fae. She always left her milk and cream if she could. And the fae took care of her. Um, and by which we mean actually Mad Sweeney took care of her. Uh, and then some days he didn't do that. He didn't take care of her because she got caught. She was sent to jail. And to avoid being <laughs> killed for, for, for doing the thing, um, she has sex with a guard in order to get pregnant so then she will be transported to america and that is how mad sweeney ends up in america because he follows her and he he is there through this woman's whole life doing her favors doing her harm doing her favors doing her harm and at the very end when she's about to to pass away as an old woman who's made some good out of her life despite all the very hard choices she's had to make he shows himself to her and, and she says, well, you've done me a lot of good turns. And he says, yeah, I've done you a lot of bad too. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. I think that's like perfect for the Fae. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's, he's also a panty dropper man. So Absolutely. <sighs> it's beautiful. I, I love that episode. I thought it's it was very, good very well done. Yeah. His little, like, funky little, like, leather hat that he wears, the little, like, cap. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, that's not such a good look. You in the denim jacket when you're, like, dirtbag stage later. Yes. It was, like, very good. Yes. Um, but I, but I, to, to circle back around to, the, like, the slicker kind of uh, books, the, the, the much more, like, the sexier, and I would say the much more profitable Faye books, um, a really big new release that happened this year uh, was Deal with the Elf King by Elise Kova. Um, it's been on the number one, like, Amazon bestseller, like, books mm. for, uh, like, weeks now. It's got a really pretty fancy cover. You'd probably very much enjoy it. It's a take on Hades and Persephone uh, oh. as well as Faye. Yeah, yeah, it's right up your alley. It's right up your alley. It's a good um, combo. It's a little too slick for me. I, I think I, I was reading it today and I was like... This is cool, but also like, I don't know. I like a little bit more homespun, you know, a little, little grittier, a little, someone who's a little less polished, maybe. Yeah. Like the less like card from marble kind of romance. Yeah. Like the man is so beautiful. You really can't. Um... I don't need, I don't need the, the whole journey to be a woman becomes queen. I think like, you know, like I don't need the stakes to be that high. I'm okay with it just being like, oh, this person ends up happy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's enough for me. But a lot of times these have like, one of the reasons I don't read like higher fantasy too is because I'm not necessarily a huge fan of these really epic world, you know, defying stories, right? Where they like, if we don't do this thing, our entire realm will be thrown into ruin. And it's like, okay, but also like, but did the neighbors fall in love? But did, did the lady have her baby? How did that go? Yeah, I like that. I mean, it makes sense whenever when when you're basically constantly bombarded with media that tells you like the stakes are always so high. It just gets boring after a while. Like Supernatural, my friends. Yeah. Going back well, to that. Well, the thing with Supernatural too is that it's got the anime villain problem, which is to say that. If you defeat God in, like, season three, I'm sorry, 
But your villains have got it in the subsequent seasons be bigger and badder than God. Yeah, and where are you gonna I'm go? S- what? You, the ceiling has has been reached. I'm sorry, you have you have touched the ceiling with your head. Are you going to invent God 2.0? Are you going to invent double God? <laughs> double like, God. Awesome. God, but spicier. <laughs> That's just Zeus. That should be the tagline to the episode. God, mm. but spicier. Mm. Which actually could also describe the Fae. They are at least demigods. And and I love that because demigods have no yeah. rules. They just do what they want. None at all. Um, I will say in in um, Heart of the Fae by Emma Hamm, she does a really, really, really super good job of making every Fae that you meet just absolutely like a wild card. <laughs> like you it. literally never know how the conversation's going to go. Like what they're going to do, whether or not they're going to like this person or not, whether or not about halfway through the conversation, they're going to flip or like decide that actually, you know what? I am going to help you. Or actually, you know what? No, I'm going to like try and kill you. Um, like it, it's, it's very, very cool. And one of the, one of the characters is like from the dark court. He's from the unseely court. And um, he, he's not the love interest, but I kind of wish he was. Cause he's like half crow. And he just has like Ooh. one crow arm and like one crow eye. And he's just like, Hey, fun. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's good. But it's also a take on Beauty and the Beast. I, I just want to mention that. It's a take on Beauty and the Beast, except that the uh, the, the prince in question, the, he's the prince of the Seelie Court, who has been banished to this like forgotten island uh, for how hideous he is. Because every time he gets a cut or a wound, crystals erupt from the wound, and the wound never closes. The f- What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we... And that's the protagonist? Yeah. A a, a crystal fay. A, a gem-encrusted prince. Wow. Named Aeon. Do they tell you where he has the crystal growth? From Cause... inside him. From deep, deep, deep inside him. No, no, I mean, like, we're on his body because having sex oh. is going to be hard. Oh yeah, no, it's like it's yeah, like he he his hands are encrusted with crystals and stuff because he's like he's a fighter, so he's like punched people enough that his knuckles have split. And so he's got like he's got yeah, he's got like crystals coming out of his knuckles. Well, and, he like, better not have crystals on his mouth then if he can't use his hands. Well, he does have crystals on one side of his mouth where he was cut. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. Just take his stick his tongue out to the other side yeah. as far as it can go. <laughs> Come here, let me kiss you. Well, wait, now it's Chuck. Oh, you come, my lip. Uh, it's a very good book. Highly recommend. It's full of really oh, good, fun. like, very clearly, very well-researched mythology. I, I yeah. Um, so, I think... <laughs> I just, I, like, so badly want to talk about, like, all the stuff that... all the like books and stuff that i read because in the next episode we're gonna journey we're gonna journey to the the a rough time in my life by which i mean about 2008 (laughs) and i and i cannot wait um but in the meantime kat did you have any closing remarks on on the this broad history of the fae wow well um (laughs) Mm -hmm. Anything I left out? Any sort of like fun stories that, that, uh, like any mythology that you really like that you like to see in in these? I mean, when I think of Faye, I think 
like I, I always go Irish and Celtic. Yeah. Because that's the stories I was raised upon. But, and I don't know if this is something we should talk about this episode or the next episode, but one of the things that I have been thinking about in my head over and over again is our elves fae. Because that changes the whole thing, right? There are like so many. Yeah. Like in theory, I don't know all of the lore, but like if you're thinking Lord of the Rings, which a lot of people use as like a basic basis for, I don't know, fantasy creatures, I guess. Isn't it that that they're that the elves are supposed to be fae to begin with? So I would say that like Yes, I would classify elves as being fae. Um, a lot of times, I mean, I literally just told you about one that's called, like, the elf yeah, king. Making it to exactly. an elf king, right? Um, I think it depends. I think a lot of times, if you divorce elves from enough of the kind of accepted fae lore, which is, like, if they can tell lies, if they're, like, not capricious, if, you know... All those things, right? Like, if they don't steal babies and they don't do all this stuff, right? Then they're probably, generally speaking, their own entity. But if you have any one of those qualities as well as them being elves, they're, they fae, fam. Yeah. I, th- I think that's the same. Like, same thing for me, though. Then I start thinking about it. And, like, some of the the elves that are portrayed, they're like, you know, the elf fantasy that I know is... Elves have a stick up their assholes. They are beautiful and untouchable. But I guess I feel like Faye are like the big ring mm-hmm. and everyone else is a sub subgenre of Faye. I think it's one of those things. It's like a, a rectangle is not a square, but a square is like, or whatever the but, fuck, yeah. right? I never get that right. You know what I'm saying. Like, uh, elves are almost always fae, but a fae is not necessarily always an elf, right? Like, it's, you know, like, I I think that in broad terms, elves are always fae. Whether or not, like, it's one of those things, too, that, like, the mythology is so, so wide and so deep that, like, you can pick and choose whatever you want. I know I certainly did. I spent, like, five freaking years of my life writing about a version of the fae, and I would just look at, like, the different interpretations and be like, I like that. I don't like that. I like that. I don't like that. Um, and, you know, just picking and choosing whatever I wanted and making my own version. And I think that's what most people have done in the past. And so we have this like mishmash of like, is it Faye? Is it not Faye? Yeah, probably. I in the broadest definition, probs. I want you to research when elves came to be. I mean, because the Faye have been here forever. When were elves first? in well not popular fiction but stories um, that. well i mean i basically did i mean the fey the both fey and elves are in norse mythology mm. i'm not as familiar with norse mythology oh they got they, lots of elves and their elves do, are very much like like ours like they even the icelandic people they they believe in in elves right like they but they're like little people they're the fair folk um wow. they're all kind of under the same umbrella which is to say fey can basically mean whatever you want it to mean just generally it means supernatural entities that are neither gods nor angels and just do what they want and they interact with the world around them every Goals. day that's what it means i like it yeah 
I think that's a good place to wrap up today because next week for you, it's like 10 minutes from now, but for everyone else, <laughs> it's it's next week. We're going to talk about a, a smorgasbord of, of fey romance, YA, adult, all of it. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a trip. A lot yeah. of nostalgia, probably. Um, we're gonna delve into our childhoods. I'm so sorry. Oh god, we're gonna no worse. We're gonna delve into our freaking adolescent years, and that's like uh. that's way way trickier territory. But oh boysy, we're gonna talk about how lonely Abigail was for a while. And you're you're a little um, younger than me, so yeah. when you're hitting all this stuff, I'm hitting it just a little bit older. Yeah. So whatever your Whatever romance you have in your head, my romance was just like, just a little bit, you know. Well, Kat, do you have anything you would like to plug? No. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I only like ask that question and every time it's a problem. I have not had a single guest on the show where that has not been in some way a problem. Even Fred, who has more to promote than literally any person on this planet should have, uh, it's still an yeah, issue. It does. It's too much. It's too much. Um, I mean, I I will I guess I should just need to like know that my plug will always be please dear god buy from independent bookstores. Yeah. Yeah. Support That's a them. Good one. Yeah. Um okay. So I guess my my plug is going to be all my nonsense that you've probably heard before. Unless this is your first episode, in which case, oof, sorry. Uh <laughs> Um, you can find me at Abigail K. Kelly pretty much everywhere. Probably I will not add you on Instagram, but that's just because I don't really use my personal Instagram. But you can follow me on Twitter. You can also follow the podcast at... Oh my god, I almost said my own... I'm so bad at this. You can follow the podcast at Kingdom Thirst pretty much freaking everywhere even though I, there are places that i don't wish to venture i'm just talking about facebook i hate facebook very much but you can find it there um you can also go to our bookshop.org account which uh is an affiliate account so that way like you can you know support the podcast support indie booksellers at the same time yes bookshop.org is actually great they do a lot for indie booksellers and their profits go back to them. So And they give me a little bit of scratch. Exactly. So like, that link is in is in the description of this episode as well. Yeah, do that. That's my plug. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can also uh share this episode. That would be nice. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That would also be very nice. You can give it a thumbs up on Pandora. That would be so super nice. You can tell a friend about it. Uh we're, we're getting new listeners all the time, which is really, really great. Um, the more listeners we get, the sooner we'll be able to open a Patreon, which we'll be able to do a lot of really cool stuff once we can do that. That would be super, super cool. But speaking of cool new stuff, and I realize that a, a certain number of people have already stopped listening. So, you know, whatever. Goodbye. But I, <laughs> I want to say that... Um, I'm going to be pushing this pretty hard for the next few episodes, probably. But um, I... Had a lot of anxiety the other day. And so I did some stress purchasing. And I bought 1,500 podcast stickers. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes. I bought I bought the Kingdom of Thirst logo, which is slightly modified so that you know it's a romance novel podcast. And then I also bought, and I designed all of these. I don't, 
I say I bought like somebody else made them. I designed and then purchased and then ordered. Um, <laughs> a sexy disease sticker, which has the <laughs> sexy disease definition as I know it, uh, which is very, very cute. And I'm going to be putting it on everything. And if you would like those stickers, again, I bought 1,500 of these bad boys. If you would like those stickers, I'm going to be doing a limited, probably, I can't do this forever, but I could do it for a while, uh, a program where if you would like these stickers, I will send them to you in the mail for free. I will just send them to you. Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah. I You don't you don't get any. But other Fuck people. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so if you would like stickers... You can message me through the, um, I mean, whatever. You can send an email to kingdomofthirst at gmail.com, or you can send it through our website. We have a contact sheet where you can do all of that. You can also just use the contact sheet to have me read something for you on the podcast. If you'd like that read, there's options for that. Um, yes, Kat. Embracing my hand. I, I want to just point out that Abigail keeps saying we, like there's someone else working on this, but I want you all to know that it is just Abigail and the amount of time and effort she spends on this. Don't blow my spot like that. Is like so incredible and so amazing. And anything you can do to support her, it would be very appreciated by her and all of her loved ones because she's busting her ass doing this. I bust my ass constantly. Yeah. And it's all for the love of romance and trying to get these books and these authors who she loves very much a little bit, a little bit more recognition. Yeah. And that's very cool. And I, and I also, you know, the reason I started this podcast is a, cause I like to hear my own voice, but B, <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I, I think that I've been talking a big game about, you know, how important romance is and how it should be taken seriously. Just as often as, as it is made fun of. Um, and I, identify a lot with romance and i think that there's no reason for there to be stigma with romance um and and through the podcast flourishing i get to put that message out into the world i get to like not just talk the talk about wanting romance to be better and to be recognized for its wonderful contributions to the world but actually like work to make that happen in my own small way so that being said, stickers, if you want some stickers and you want to rip the pad, then <laughs> send me your address and I'll send it to you in a, in a funky little envelope. I picked out my envelopes today. They're very cute. Oh, my God. Okay, You have to send me one. I will just throw fistfuls of them at your door. Like, I don't... Okay, that sounds more fun. We live in the same city. <laughs> we work for the same bookshop. Yes, that is true. But I want a pretty package. Well, no. Well, it's not gonna be packages. It's gonna be an envelope. Okay. Well, you need to make a package. I'm gonna do a cute little stamp on them. I got little oh. park stamps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's the podcast. Uh, catch me on socials, Kingdom Thirst. Um, shoot me an email, KingdomThirstGmail.com. Get your stickers. Get your get your sexy disease. Get your rep on. You know. And I'll see you next week. Goodbye. Okay. Bye.